Hey, everybody. Welcome back to TRB. This is the Resistance Broadcast. It is our Monday show, which is our new show, but we have a loaded show because also we have Will the Force towards the end of the show. Lot to talk about. Of course, this is our first like main full show about Star Wars post Star Wars celebration. So there's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about. Um, if you hadn't had a chance yet, um, we do have our sort of Ask Us Anything video that we have put out uh, about Celebration. So uh, definitely check that out. But here's our takes on the official stuff that's been reported and that's come out of Celebration and has been elaborated on since. And I'm John. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. So we're back in the saddle, so to speak. Um, definitely uh, decompressed and feeling better after um Star Wars Celebration, Mando Fan Show is done. Aside from this Wednesday, we're going to be doing uh, more of our laid back sort of season three look back because every week it's been focused on that particular chapter of Mando. Mm -hmm. Now we get to say like, oh yeah, in chapter two, that's why they did this. So it's more of a casual thing, but it's going to be a nice way to put an end to the Mando Fan Show on Wednesday. And then the week thereafter, we'll go back to Thursday's TRB Live in our normal rotation so thanks everybody hopefully you, you've enjoyed the mando fan show but how, how have you guys felt about uh, the mando fan show this time around i know people love it so did you guys uh enjoy this go around i mean yeah i enjoyed it the the only weird hiccup with the mando fan show this time is the fact that it fell in the middle of celebration or celebration in the middle of the airing so there was this weird kind of uh two-week period where it's like you know, this person's not around or we're all not around or that kind of thing. But other than that, like as far as uh, our guests and our episodes and the reactions and uh, people coming to join us in the live chat. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I've really enjoyed the people we've had on this season. We've had some repeats, mm -hmm. which is always fun. But I think we really had some cool new people this mm -hmm. this this go around with this season of Mando. Um, and it just really shows how this this show of the Mandalorian has kind of grown so much because you've just, we've met so many awesome content creators and stuff outside of, you know, two, three years ago, who those people were. Um, yeah. So it's cool to hear from like collectors and cosplayers and authors and all this other stuff. So um, that for me is always a highlight, just getting to celebrate this show and geek out about it with people from the fandom. Yeah, no doubt about it. And speaking of the fandom again, you know, from the three of us, you know, Thank you to everybody for all of your support and kind words. Whether you saw us or came up to us on the show floor celebration, came to our panel, saw us out and about after. Uh, it really meant a lot to us, especially our diehards who were hanging with us all weekend. It was a great time. Uh, and of course, everyone at home who you know hopefully enjoyed our videos, our footage, our tweets. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our panel that uh, James put together in uh post-production and got that out to everybody so um now it's behind us celebrations behind us but we are going to talk about stuff that came out of celebration but before we do that we have an announcement to make and we have been urged to keep a certain fight going keep a flame burning as Jonas sotomo said uh rob Bordeaux from ilm said we hear you keep going so Make Solo 2 Happen Day is coming back. And it will be Tuesday, May 23rd. If you love Solo, 
just take to your social media and use the hashtag make solo to happen. Whether it's photos, solo swag you got, make solo to happen shirts, it doesn't matter. We're celebrating solo and the hope that we see Alden, Aaron Reich, and Jonas back as Han and Chewie. Uh, any, anything to say to add to that, guys? Makes a little too happen day. Let's do it one more time. Lacey? I, it's just so crazy how the day has kind of, it's clearly grown past us. It's become its own thing, which is so wonderful to celebrate solo in general. I think it's a movie that people have come around on. We were always sticking by it, but people have come around it, which I appreciate. Right. Or people just didn't speak up originally that are now like, hey, I always liked this. I yeah. just didn't know other people did. Um, it's always fun to do. It was something that we kind of came up with in 2019 and thought it was going to be like eight people with us tweeting. Um, so I'm interested to see how it goes this year. But from everybody we've spoken to that was involved in the film, or you know some part of the film itself every single person has said to keep it going has said that hey people are listening like don't let this go away so um i know there's some people that are like stop talking about it we can't <laughs> right yeah <laughs> when someone like jonas looks at you and goes keep it going you're gonna keep it going <laughs> mm -hmm. I, yeah lawrence kazan saying the only thing i would come back to star wars for is more solo um you know, Ron Howard saying like, you're going to get me in trouble, but you know, it's <laughs> just everyone involved in that movie uh, loves it. And it's the one movie that we got to keep rooting for. Right, James? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, th that's the thing is like, you guys have said it every time it pops up. I'm like, I just get so astonished. Like, what is it that people don't love about this? Like, take another second, rewatch it, do something like recently Donald Glover's comments about his Lando series and being able to revisit that. We're seeing a lot of uh, footage pop up, you know, of Lando in that character, you know, in the movie. And I'm just like, it's so awesome, man. I love it. Um, and it has really turned into something special with everybody, you know, getting on board and, and especially being at celebration too. When people sometimes even saying, um, like, Oh man, I just, I love solo, you know? And like, have you guys seen the, uh, make solo to happen hashtag? And we're like, yeah, that's us. No, what, what, what? That's you guys, you guys did that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Here's a sticker, you know, it's so it, it's incredible, you know, it, um, Anytime like uh, we have the opportunity to, to put a face to, you know, a Twitter handle or something like that and actually see somebody get excited about something that we've done, uh, it, it inspires us to keep going with it. And John, like you said, everybody else that we've talked to that was actually a part of the show has urged us to keep going. So um, when I say show, I mean the show, you know, the whole yeah. thing, all of it, marketing, all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I cannot wait for the day to come back, but it's yeah. uh, right around the corner, Tuesday, May twenty third, and it's it's like a rare day of what feels like full positivity and good vibes on social media, which is hard to come by these days. Um, we're mm -hmm. just asking them to do what they originally wanted to do, and we're rooting for them. Um, right before we get to resistance report, there is one other thing we. Uh, we're lucky enough to be sent screeners for Star Wars Visions Season 2, which comes out May 4th. Uh, Lacey, I believe you've watched all of them already. I, I did. know we're gonna, in we're one gonna night. Yeah, we're going to do some review videos on the channel exclusively. Uh, but can you just give everybody, sort of, if they are not on social media, what your uh, initial non-spoiler thoughts were on this season? Yeah, so this series is so awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, first of all, because it's Star Wars. I mean, how how can you go wrong with that? But uh, as someone that grew up as an anime fan and just an animation fan in general, this volume two um, really builds on kind of the creativity and the cool stuff you saw in volume one and takes it up an ante. Um, it it you travel around the galaxy to all these different stories with different characters, but at the same time, each one has its own unique kind of flavor and, and taste. And it just like, it, it expresses itself through the eyes of the creator. And you feel like you're traveling the world. Like each one is special in its own way um, through the cultures and values of that creator. It, it's really cool. There are some that I like more than others. I think everybody has those preferences. Um, yeah. But I could say right now the Ardman one is my favorite one. The Wallace and Grummet guys, <laughs> people. Which, that was no, which my one is that? Do you know? Uh, um, five? Four? Four? I think you said your favorite you four and nine or something. Yeah. Four nine. and nine were my favorites, yes. So those are my two favorites. I, I felt like they were very kind of just fun, weird Star Wars, which is what I like. Um, and I think... If I was to guess, I think a lot of people are probably going to like one. And I'm trying to think of what. Go ahead, James. I'm going to think of what the other kind of like. I think. Yeah. I always go with like what the dark one is. Is what people are going to like. Yeah, James. Have you had a chance to check these out? I haven't yet. I me neither. So here's the thing: is that I I'm still sort of not a hundred percent feeling well. I'm sort of still in that. Um, trying to get back on you know yeah. with uh mm -hmm. and having work and everything um they came through and looked at how much time i had and i said i need to at least for me get through recording this week's podcast and i want that to kind of be behind me before i feel like i can actually sit down and enjoy visions because i want to watch i i don't want to watch one episode and then go three days and then watch another one i i want to enjoy all of them um yeah they range In from about sitting. 13 to 18 minutes. Mm -hmm. each. Yeah. So I, mean, I feel like it's like watching a movie or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I think I'm going to guess. I think people's favorite episodes are going to be one and six. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Locked in. I'm excited to even know why, you know, yeah. like yeah. I already yeah. want to know why one and six, you know, we'll, we'll find out I though, as we get and not, and still, still not canon, yeah. right? No, right. they're not. No, but there are elements in each one that like, obviously there's stormtroopers and stuff like that. Or uh, there's even some some characters that might pop up in some of the episodes. Um, so Ooh. it's interesting to hear how they say if they're canon or not, because there are characters in some of these things. I am going to watch those maybe start but i think more. they're really enjoyable and i think people are gonna really really like them and if you go in not having any expectations and just really enjoying them for what they are which is like really cool unique stories within the star wars universe mm -hmm. you're gonna have a great time if you keep and i'm your interested to see what they do next yeah. what they do expand on because they did a, a novel off of one of the vision stories. The Ronin one. So, Ronin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see if they do another book or if they do a comic I series or continue something some else. of the, yeah. And volume one had such great stories that people wanted more. And some of the creators mm -hmm. were even like, yes, I'd love to continue this. Like the ninth Jedi. Yeah. I hope volume two, there's also some of these stories in there that you're like, I want to know more. Like it leaves on mm -hmm. kind of a cliffhanger type. 
Excellent. All right. Sounds good. Very good. Uh, and now it's time to tackle some pretty interesting stories in our return to the Resistance Report. It's the Resistance Report. As we come out of Star Wars Celebration, uh, one of the big things that we wanted to know more about was how does Kathleen Kennedy actually feel about what she just displayed on uh, the stage and what she didn't display on the stage is also part of that conversation. You know, the negative space of what, um, not the negative space, but the opposite of what we got, you know what I'm saying? Um, and probably one of the biggest interviews out of star Wars celebration involving her was this interview with IGN. And in that interview, we got a lot about exactly what I was saying. The, the of future of Star Wars from the perspective of what does this mean about TV? What does this mean about movies? Uh, you know, where what was what's the point of this show? Why are we headed in that direction? Um, and in some cases, even uh, IGN was thoughtful enough to say, what about Kevin Feige? What about Taika Waititi? What about Lando? You know, and we got some of those answers that weren't addressed on stage. So we thought we would take a uh, resistance report this week to kind of discuss that breakdown of what Kathleen Kennedy had to say about um, all of the things at celebration and the things that were not at celebration. Um, John, I'm going to let you kick it off uh, on this one. What were your thoughts on this particular interview? I can. So, I don't want to speak for the two of you, but I feel like this might almost be like more of an open discussion story because there's going to be things that Lacey brings up that's going to make me think of something right. and vice versa. But I think elephant in the room out of the gate, the weird comments about the Feige thing have to be the first thing we talk about collectively. They're uh, straight up bizarre. They're straight up bizarre. It, and it really is. And I understand that there is a... A, a feel people feel a responsibility to constantly go to bat for Kathleen Kennedy because she keeps getting slammed, sometimes quite unnecessarily. Um, but in this instance, I don't know how you take these comments and try to spin it as, well, yes, of course, the the fans have invented that thing. Yeah. When... To be clear, she said that she they never announced that that it was something that either the press or the fandom had concocted right now we she saw never heard of it course, right yeah. now we've seen over the course of the past week people have unearthed the clip of star wars show andy and anthony carboni announcing this thing with kevin feige saying yep. oh kevin feige's traveling to star wars he right. didn't produce his own movie um, and we know from talking the show, Michael Waldron had also done an interview about writing Star Wars and how much it meant to him. So it's really bizarre to see these comments, which are similar, I feel, to the comments she made last year that are very kind of you look at it and you go, did you forget about this? Did mm -hmm. like <laughs> what happened? And also, let's not forget about when he was still chair, Alan Horn. And I got the date. It was 2019. As The Rise of Skywalker is about to come out, he said, quote, with the close of the Skywalker saga. Again, this is Alan Horn, chairman of the Walt Disney Company. Okay? Who would not say anything unless it was on lock. Th this isn't some podcast. This isn't a fan on Twitter. This is Alan mm -hmm. Horn. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, this is in 2019, with the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy is pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling. And knowing what a diehard fan Kevin Feige is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Alan Horn. <sighs> so you have that. You have the Star Wars show thing. You just said Michael Waldron, the writer, said, I'm knee deep into this thing. We're getting on a podcast thing. Yeah. I think right. Kevin Feige even had mentioned it, acknowledged it a couple times. So I don't, unless this is, unless Kathleen Kennedy is so smart that she's like, most people aren't going to double check this. So if this would, gets out there and this Which is, is crazy because Star Wars how this gets, triple check everything. If that's what her, her like top advisor said and that was their approach, fine. But in this day and age, you're not going to get away with that. So that this is the second time she said this. Yeah, she said this before I, that. No, I that's never was, that was never happening. She oh. referred to it as a rumor, which rumor. I right. was sort of OK with, because I think generally people think of the word rumor as like made up like, oh, that's just a rumor. Like, it's not true. But rumors can be true stories. You know, I think she I think she was using it sort of in that term of like, uh it's a rumor you know kind of thing but you're Uh, right i don't know the definition of rumor is a currently circulating story report of uncertain or doubtful truth you just gave we gave three reasons why it was a a truth so i don't think it's a rumor is even the right word she should have used either way it's an odd statement to make in this current statement she made Mm -hmm. um and i think we can all agree with that i would think even the you know, and we support Kathleen Kennedy. You know, we want her to succeed. Yes, do we criticize her when we think she has made mistakes? Of course, because we're dishonest, but we're respectful about it as always. I I can't imagine anyone taking this, no matter if you're the greatest PR person in the world, and spinning this in a way like, well, this is what she meant. It's like she's pretty clearly saying that she knew nothing of any ideas or anything. It just she seems like it's a checked, big disconnect. Yeah, she checked the reporter too. Like the reporter yeah. was like, what about the gaps of things you haven't talked about? And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. There's no gaps. And she was like, well, what about Kevin Feige? She's like, no, 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 no. No shelving, like, she said. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. it was the way she kind of talked down to even the idea that to me kind of came off weird. I was like, so you're not even going to, it's one thing to say, hey, yeah, that was in the plans. It's changed. Okay. It's happened before. <laughs> but to completely, kind she kind of gaslit this reporter she was like it that never happened i don't know what you're talking about i um, agree with it's that. just weird yeah especially in the part where she said from the fans because yeah. that that's an odd deflection to make for someone right. who right. even in this very own interview said we have an important job because we don't want star Wars to be like anything else. And we want to give the fans what they expect and what they want. So you can't say that and then be like, oh, I think the fans just cooked that thing up. They it's just it such up. an yeah. odd. I can't imagine any other studio had ever said anything like that. It was just an odd statement. And I don't want to focus our whole, because she's, there's a lot that was talked about here. Some of it's really good, but this one thing I'm surprised more people didn't run with it uh, or talk about it. It's so bizarre. No one it really did. It was really weird. No one mentioned it. I think it just got buried in the cycle. Yeah, I, it's just so bizarre. Anything else about that before we you know, move on to maybe other parts of her interview? 
Not I mean, me. if I I'm being honest, I, I was sort of on record of being like that. That was never officially announced. But as things surfaced this weekend, I was <laughs> like, I forgot that the Star Wars show did say that, you know, that the chairman of Walt I said Disney, that on the episode, James, it, I said it, yeah. it was on the Star Wars show. Well, either way, uh, <laughs> it's wild stuff. Wild, mm-hmm. wild. I just think stuff. it's all. It, it just paints her in a weird light to like kind of talk down and be like, no, this is completely made up. And you're like, here's four receipts of this actually happening, including right. Kevin Feige himself talking about it in an interview because they said that he was going to take over Lucasfilm. And he said, no, I'm just producing a movie. Oh, it is just <laughs> it's, hard. It, it's 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 crazy. Now, it's an 11 minute interview and she talked about a lot of other things, mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so but if you if you think of anything else about this, like, let's keep this story. If you're if you're cool with that, James, like an open sort of talk. Th- yeah, that's fine. I was going to say with with moving from that to the other things, all three of those things felt a little weird because she said, um, Lacey, you brought it up that she says, no, 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 we're not shelving anything. That's not what's happening. And then she proceeds to give three examples. One is the, the Rogue Kevin Feige thing never happened. Then she talks about Rogue Squadron, and she's like, that's still in development. It may be a movie. It may be a show. And it's like, that's that's the first I'm hearing that it might still happen as a show now, and that it's still t- currently being worked. The tone made it sound like show is a consolation for a project that we don't believe in to be a feature film. I think that um, was a PR note that if someone brings this up, say this. It could be that read yeah. that reads that reads a PR note to me. Well, what am I going to say about Rogue Squadron? Just say it's still in development. You're not and lying. The Ryan Johnson stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the same type of answers we keep getting. The the, the last one, one was Lando, um, and I thought it was very interesting because two days before this interview happened, if I'm not mistaken. Donald Glover does does that other interview and he Mm -hmm. talks about returning as Lando and he's like, "Ah, it's just uh, it would have to be right. And I don't know. You know, he's like very borderline, like we're talking about it. And then she comes in and she's like, oh, that's so happening. Yeah, absolutely. Donald is on. He said it had to be this time. He said if there's one thing he's learned in the past few years that time is a commodity and like yeah it needs to be worth his time yeah, yeah. he said the pandemic taught him like time is valuable and the, the one thing that gave me hope about that so you have her saying quote the lando series is still happening and donald is very excited about it and she laughed in a way that she's acknowledging that he just spoke about it i felt like um he didn't seem super excited he just seemed that's matter what of i'm fact. saying yeah but he I'm saying what say... she said doesn't line up with what he put out but he did say, I can't say too much because Kathleen Kennedy right. will come after me. Yeah, um, right, yeah. I, they are talking. Yeah. My hopeful mind is saying that they initially pitched him like, here's Lando, and then it's all going to be all new stuff, and Lando's going to do these things. I'm wondering if he's like, I want Amelia Clark back. I want, you know, Woody back, even though he's dead. You know, he, in other words, saying like, I want to make sure that this is like, a true continuation of what I did because everyone loved what he did as Lando, which means maybe this is that solo too we've always been hoping for. But I, 
her saying that it's still happening as opposed to it's in development and people are busy because she did say she used the people are busy excuse because they're very talented and they're working on things as a comment on Ryan Johnson and other people for the Lando thing. She didn't use that excuse, even though Donald Glover is busy doing things. She said it's still happening and he's very excited about it. So to me, the Lando thing is still happening and that gives me a bit of hope. Um, so that I thought was more of a positive thing from this interview, uh, even though it was very brief. The The one thing I found interesting, I want to hear what you guys think about this, is some of her word choices, because Lacey, you brought up, you know, appropriate PR phrasing. And it's clear the narrative of we're putting all our attention into Disney Plus has now flipped clearly back to we need to go back to movies because Disney needs to make money. Her use the the use of the word standalone is very different now, um, and I watched back this part of it again where the interviewer I apologize I forget her name but from IGN said asked about so these other movies you know we have the Ray thing and I we assume that may be expanded upon but these other movies Dave Dave Filoni's and Mangold are these standalones and Kathleen Kennedy made sure to redefine what standalone meant and let me know what you guys think of this so she's saying. These standalones are their own thing, but it, in my opinion, I'm translating what she's saying in non-PR speak. But if they're successful, we'll make sequels. If they're mm -hmm. not, they'll be standalones. So it seems like these movies are going to have definitive endings. So this Mandoverse movie... I think they already said that, though. They already said that the next few movies were going to be their own movies and then if they called for sequels they like back when rogue squadron I, was in development I, in other words i'm saying if they make yeah. money they'll make sequels yeah. so yeah. they're making they're they're doing safe landings with these instead of saying like this is episode one or part one it's just going to be that's that movie and then right. if it's successful they'll make more instead of being like well we got to make episode seven and then you know eight and nine are coming right um, not so thinking it's a star wars movie so it has to be a trilogy it's sort of this fail safe thing like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like in a way to put themselves in a position where they're not uh, looking like failures. And I think they're being very way more careful about how they use verbiage and talking about the movies. So, I mean, I saw that as more of um, this protector narrative uh, mm -hmm. reading between the lines. I don't know how you guys felt about that. Lacey, you seem to think it's more of the run of the mill, but um, I just remember them talking about it with Rogue Squadron. Um, it was in one of the interviews where they said that, you know, the way they're going about these movies isn't planning multiple movies out. It's like, if it does well, then it will get one. Kind of like what they're doing with Dune. Like Dune was the first movie. And then if it did well, they would make the second movie when they originally wanted to make both Dunes back to back. And the studio was like, no. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's the smart way to go. And look, I'm on the side of... I will always take more Star Wars than less Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I want as much as I can get, but I also want quality over quantity. And I think that with the time they're spending to get these movies off the ground, I really want them to be good movies. Yeah. I want them to be the yeah. quality that we expect from the original trilogy or other Star Wars movies where they were ahead of their time. Like they were trendsetters. They had told a story we'd never imagined before. Um, but it's hard to have that confidence with everything that's going on. Um, and I mean, it's not easy to hear Kathleen talk about Luke as a cautionary tale. Like that was a very weird comment as well. Like them talking about yeah. Luke Skywalker as a the cautionary interviewer said tale. that to be fair. 
I so, know, but yeah. it, it's that is a weird thing to say. I was like, what? I, I and didn't then, agree with that. And then she goes on to ask about like force ghosts or flashbacks. And Kathleen's like, no, we're not going to focus on that, which mm-hmm. made me excited for Ray's movie because I feel like people are going to go into that movie being like, oh, are we going to hear from Luke? Are we going to hear? No, this is Ray's story. And that made me super excited. Yeah. I keep getting the sense that um, that may be more have to do with Mark Hamill's level of interest. Cause I'm sure I, I he, think it honestly is that they, I think it honestly also has to do with the fact that they don't want to keep going back to the thing that sure, but he keeps going back to, but I'm sure Bob Iger, if Mark Hamill wanted to come back as Luke Skywalker would be like, yep. <laughs> Get him in there. Cause he keeps saying I, leaning on the familiar, you know, but uh, yeah, James, go ahead. I'm, sorry. Oh, I'm just curious that they, you know, what, what lessons did they learn about the last five films that they did? Three of them being the big trilogy, you know, episode seven, eight, nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know that they want the pressure of, they want to be able to develop a movie and then develop a sequel for it and then develop another sequel for it. And they don't want to have to do what everybody suggests they should have done with seven, eight, nine and write that whole cohesive story. So I think right now they're getting the narrative straight that we're doing a James Mangold movie about the origin of the Jedi instead of we're doing three origin of the Jedi movies. Yeah. And they just want to make it clear that when that movie comes out, if it's a big success, which it probably will be that they can go, you guys want it. We're going to do another one. We had no plans for this, but let's continue the story kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that carries over into um, the, the Ray one as well. That one is a really big mystery to me because that's the perfect opportunity to say episode 10, but I don't think they want to say that. And it also is a perfect opportunity to bring back John and bring back Oscar and then say the gang's all back together on another adventure. But I think they really I think they sort of do want to keep it as like, what's Marvel doing? Can we do a, can we do a I think one Captain nervous. America? And then could we do maybe a John Boyega one over here, you know, and like play in that world a little bit with standalones and, and, and put, take the pressure off of, uh, you're going to love the first one. And the second one's going to be crazy, but wait till you see that third one. You know, I agree. And they're just trying I, to say standalones. I think the mangled movie will have a definitive ending but will clearly be able to be expanded upon because where it is in the timeline. I yes. think the I think the Mandoverse movie will have a definitive ending and may just be it. Because uh, I don't know that that may Bingo. be like will be a box office like smash. I don't know how you bring Ray back and she's rebuilding the Jedi Order and mm-hmm. then end that and be like, and that's the end again. So that one I think they're clearly developing more for, but she just not doesn't want to say it. Um, right. That to me is what that is. Um, but it's exciting to talk about Star Wars movies again, like real, you know, in development. None of this announced, and we're we're coming up with ideas that we keep hearing about Ryan Johnson and stuff. It's like no, Mangold's writing a Star Wars movie right now. Um, the guy from Peaky Blinders, I keep forgetting this damn name. He he's Stephen finishing, Knight. He's Stephen he's Knight, finishing yeah. a script right now about Ray Skywalker. It's amazing. And Dave Filoni's clearly writing this movie uh, for the Mandoverse with Favreau. So it's all actually happening as we speak, which is uh, very exciting. So right, um, right. are there other other parts of this interview that we haven't touched on? Um, I'm trying to think. Mm, I don't know. I mean, those are the 
the big things for me. I mean, the Kevin Feige thing, I think it's the big red flag for me personally. Yeah. Like as soon as that stuff went down, I was like, whoa, where the where did, is this interview going to go? So, so Lacey, I, I want to bring up the clip to remind myself, but there, I want to get your take on this because there's one part where she, the interviewer talks about the return of Daisy and she uses a certain word um, and Kathleen Kennedy repeated the phrase back to her in a higher pitch that made me feel like Kathleen Kennedy isn't completely jazzed about the idea and that it might what was this the phrase? Me wildly I don't I'll I'll find it uh and and bring it back if we if we have You're to saying move on. Kathleen isn't jazzed about Daisy coming back? Almost like that it was you you're not coming up with good, enough ideas like we're we're like Oh, Disney force in the hand. Yeah. Like it was sort of like a how could we possibly mm. continue any stories? I could Disney be way off and look <laughs> yeah. I, it, you know, it's just like when when someone parrots something back to somebody else in a higher pitch. To me, that doesn't exude or, uh, organic excitement. It's sort right. of like I don't know what to say right now, so I'm going to say this. It's like when like the old Seinfeld bit when you get a gift you don't like, and it's like oh tube socks, and you repeat the name of the gift. It's sort of like that. I'll try to find the clip and tell you, and then you can go back and listen and tell me what you think. It could not be. It might not be the case. It's just it was a little strange. Maybe the interaction was just awkward. Just something I mm -hmm. know. I noticed. Um, that's all. Um, I, I overall. Say, oh, go, go ahead, James. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say congratulations to IGN who got some sort of exclusive with Kathleen Kennedy. She does this huge thing and uh, does press for one outlet, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they got that, but I was going to say overall, though, it is interesting when you compare interviews and just press opportunities with Kathleen from 2015, 2016, 2017 to now. Like, I don't know if it's she was tired that day or just very overwhelmed, busy, moving from thing to thing. It just seems like she doesn't have the same excitement that she had years ago. And look, I'm not saying that she's at fault for not having that excitement. I can understand that when you're going through a tough period of the movies and the reaction and fan criticism and all this other stuff. But it just, this interview to me overall, just she was saying that they were excited and she was saying that they had great plans moving forward. But to me, I wasn't seeing it in her eyes. I wasn't seeing it in her body language. It was very much going through the motions. Yeah. I, I do agree with that a bit. And I know there's rumors about like her contract and stuff. And um, uh, she has till end of 2024. But that clip, uh, that part of the clip is the interviewer says, uh, I was really exciting seeing Daisy, Daisy back. That's huge. And then Kathleen Kennedy looks off and goes, that's huge. And I'm just oh. like, <laughs> maybe. She, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> and then not, let's not forget the, uh, the hug between her and Favreau that I observed, which was the like, we're not that close hug um, that I mm. found a bit strange too. Cause we heard rumors. Well, not rumors, you know, Jeff Snyder credit to him. He won the weekend because he announced, he reported that Dave Filoni was going to be announced as directing a star Wars movie and he nailed it. You got to give him credit. Um, but three he, movies, he, he three movies. Dave he Filoni. also reported that there is a been a falling out between Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy. So, I don't know. It's There's just no proving it's, that, but with all of his other proof, you have to wonder. Yes, and it's also tricky when you look at the the 
the bigger picture and you're having all these creatives like Damon Lindelof, Lord and Miller, all these other things, um, you can't help but wonder like there's one underlying denominator in all these situations. Um, and unfortunately, it's Kathleen Kennedy. Like she's the one that comes up in all these situations. Am I dreaming this or did we talk about that another person reported or had said that it was mandated upon Favreau and Filoni to reunite Grogu and Mando in Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I think someone told us that at Celebration. Yeah. Someone told us that at Celebration. Yeah, so... and and. We I would say an insider told us at Celebration. Yeah, and, yeah. and we're not going to sit here and say, "Oh, you go by that." That's truth. We heard that from somebody that you know, get, you know, we trust. But um, let's not forget those types of mandates have been confirmed because when we had Natalie Holt on, composer for Obi Wan, Kathleen Kennedy overrode her and said, "No, we don't want you to do something that sounds like a Leia thing. We want you to do something childlike or, or what have you, right? Or, or something." Which... Or she want she wanted to do something childlike, and Kathleen Kennedy said no. It needed to be sassy. It needed to be sassy and, yeah, strong. And she wanted to do something more playful, childlike. It is. Yeah, it is interesting when you hear these things from people. Because especially in that scenario with Favreau and Filoni having to bring Grogu back in the Book of Boba Fett, they had a story that was already being planned. And that was one of the biggest critiques a lot of fans, as we know, on the internet had was, what was the payoff there if Grogu's gone and then back immediately? Like, what's the payoff? But then if they were forced their hand to have them come back, that's got to stink as like being the creator, being like, I didn't want them to come back, but they yeah. they made me bring them back. Um, but yeah, we also talked to a couple people too, the insiders about like how Lord and Millard were fired and like all this other stuff. Like, it's just, you can't look at Lucasfilm and what's happened all these other years and not be like, okay, it seemingly comes back to the same person. And like, it's just awkward because you're like, you want to root for this person. You want to root for Lucasfilm. But when you're hearing all these things and people are reporting these things from very credible sources that like, hey, there's inner turmoil and it's coming from this person. Um, mm. I don't know. It, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I definitely thought the interview felt, um, even though, I mean, I don't know how much of it was scripted, but it definitely felt like they moved from thing to thing to thing to thing. And she said what she needed to say about, they were like, you have 10 minutes things out of the way. Um, and like I said, I think sort of some of the stuff that we were the most interested in, like, hold on, go back to that real quick, Kevin Feige, you know, they planned it out and it seemed like it got buried. So mission accomplished with some of that other stuff, they addressed it, but it sort of fell in the cracks. Um, so I think everything about that interview felt uh, very sterile. Um, but at least we have some comments to go on here and there, you know, as again, to hold as receipts. Yeah, when uh, absolutely. Later. The, the president of the studio put herself on record. And right. no matter how we feel about those statements, they are locked in April 2023 so that and when we're prepping for the next celebration or the next movie to come out, we'll go back and say, oh, remember that IGN interview when she said right. that we'll be able to connect more dots. So it's it's interesting. We're still talking about that Bresnikin one from last year where she made the comments about yeah. the recap. Solo, yeah. Goes back. So it's 
it's always good to hear from the president of Lucasfilm because it's not one of those things like, I heard Kathleen Kennedy got fired last month. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. We're hearing from the president of Lucasfilm, the state of the union, and we, we're going to pay attention. And, and we're, we're going to take her to her word, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of <laughs> unions and uh, writers and all sorts of things like that. Are you uh, reading the crawl from The Phantom Menace right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, war now. Um, the thing about this writer strike that's coming up is it feels like it might affect star wars so should the question kind of for us as star wars fans is do we think we need to be worried about what's going on with the writer strike right now because it's sort of an unprecedented event um considering we haven't had one since like 2007 i think which Mm -hmm. is a very long time ago and i remember when that was going on it was a big deal because it affected a lot of shows as far as getting canceled or rewritten into half seasons and um, there was a lot of controversy around uh, the pay at the time, but that has creeped back up as we all know the world has moved into Netflix and Paramount Plus and Disney Plus. And uh, I don't think Disney Plus this with it being as as big as they are. Um, these, you know, reports that we've heard about Disney Plus having financial struggles as well does not mean that all of a sudden on a dime, they're going to start paying all their writers more. Um, so it, it, is this an issue that could come back to star Wars? Um, I don't know if this is again, like another open discussion, but John, you know, I guess kick us off on this one. Um, what, you know, where, where are we at with this? What do you think? I don't know. Unless Lacey, you want to start this one, but I feel like I started the last one, but. Um, sure. I, okay. It's an interesting situation because with streaming, I think in general, it's changed the landscape of how people engage with their content and engage with television Um, and in movies too, but definitely television. Television series used to be 22, 24 episodes a season. Now they're 10 or less, nine, eight. Um, So they're not getting, you know, the residual checks of playbacks and syndicate and all that other stuff, syndicated shows. Um, they said that they're making 4% less than they were like five, 10 years ago. And that's not fair. Like these are the people that are the voices that are the creative parts of the show that make it what it is. They're how your characters talk and how your characters feel. And you can't look at these shows that have been making so much money for these big companies and not want to pay those people that created those shows adequately. I think this goes with anything, you know, visual effects, writing, et cetera. I think oftentimes, and not just in this world, but in general, people aren't paid what they should be paid. And oftentimes the money filters to the top and it's very unfair. So this is probably, not probably, it is one of those times that I completely understand where the writers are coming from and they should totally get paid more and they should get paid based on streaming and like how many views a show gets or, uh, you know, how many plays it gets over a certain period of time because they're not getting paid every time someone watches it. Uh, it's not like a, you know, an artist for a song that gets paid every time someone listens to the song or even that is like a mess in itself. But, um, you know, the question of should Star Wars fans worry about the impending writer strike? I'm not really sure, to be honest, because here's the thing. 
Favreau's already written season four of The Mandalorian, so they don't need writers there. Uh, Acolyte's already filming. Andor's finished, or is almost finished, wrapping up. Uh, Skeleton Crew's underway. Ahsoka's written by Dave Filoni. So I'm not sure how many writers are involved in the point that they'd go on strike like they did in 2007. 2007 was such a mess that like, I think it was like 40 or 50 shows were just like disasters. Like they lost like 12 to 15 episodes of their seasons and had to cut them short. And some shows like Pushing Daisies happened to happen like right before the strike, which totally just destroyed it. And so the show did like eventually got canceled. I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, but I'm interested to see what you guys think, because I might be wrong, but it seems like all the projects right now are written, if not going to be written before this happens, as in the Daisy Ridley movie. Yeah. So my angle on it is a positive one. I don't think Star Wars fans should be worried about right. the strike affecting Star Wars, at least for things that are announced. The only thing I would be worried about is the Lando series. Right. Because um, right. it seems like that's still in development and they probably don't have a current writer because I think the one who was announced was has jettisoned the project. Um, uh, and who knows how much involvement Glover is going to have it from a creative standpoint. But um, yeah, the Ray movie, I think if that script is... Uh, pace to be wrapping um at least first draft completion next month and the movie doesn't have to come out for another two and a half years i think it's in solid shape with steven knight not saying quality i have no idea but in terms mm -hmm. of it being done um but yeah to re reiterate what you're saying Lacey, about the existing shows um i think those are fine and it, it, i would not shock me if favreau you know there had been rumblings last year about the strike and he's like i better get after this thing now so I stand in solidarity during the strike and don't start, you know, writing episodes of a show while um, people who make a lot less money than me are fighting for their livelihoods. So mm -hmm. he probably got ahead of it, wrote season four, got that done. So I'm not worried about Mando and the other stuff too. So mainly it's Lando I'm concerned about. The other movies I'm not concerned about because Kathleen Kennedy herself, uh, I don't even know if Mangold's part of the Writers Guild, but he's writing his own movie you know he's going to be doing that. So, uh, And Filoni, she said, is a writer-director. She said, J James and Dave are writer-directors. And this had nothing to do with the strike. She was just talking to I yeah. in part of the IGN. Uh, so she thinks, she said, those can move pretty fast. So it seems like... I mean, they're it, already getting paid for being the director as well. It's possible that some of these decisions were made based on the, you know, the upcoming strike. Because... Mm -hmm. Remember, we heard those reports saying, and I think this came from Jeff Snyder also, that Disney said, you better hit that 2025 date with the movie. So they're probably thinking like, all right, well, we better get this. You know, Maybe that's why they're pushing Stephen and Knight. Done. It's, it's, it's entirely possible because the last strike lasted for 100 days. Mm -hmm. November to February. The stakes weren't as high as I think they are now because like you brought up the streaming element of it, uh, they get paid per episode. So... 24 episodes is gone now. Uh, most shows, a new one will get two seasons of 12 episodes. Some get eight. Mm -hmm. um, and there isn't as much of... Like in 20, 2007, cable was it. So mm -hmm. the, everything was syndicated and you get paid off of those residuals. Now it's what streaming service is picking up King of the Hill? 
or, you know, whatever. And I follow this guy. He's a TV writer in Hollywood for a long time. His name is Michael Jammin. And he is gives the guy free... on TikTok that goes through his checks. Yes. So I follow him on Instagram and he gives a free screenwriting webinar, but he also addressed the strike. And he's like, I got to make this clear. He's like, someone asked, he's like, will union-based jobs hire non-union writers for these shows to not have dead production time? And he said, absolutely not. And he's like, the reason why is this? He's like, say you have a show and the average episode budget is $700,000. Um, the studio can afford that. You're thinking Disney, $700,000. Yeah, no big whoop. He's like, where it comes down to is the executive producer of that show. If they hire a writer that is some, you know, crossing the picket line scab is a term they use or somebody who is not vetted through the guild or the union and mm -hmm. they turn in a complete disaster of an episode of a show or derail something. They can't protect them. They lose all that money. And that he mm -hmm. said that executive producer will... Their head will roll, is what he said. So he's like, they will not bring in someone who's a non-union writer for the sake of a strike. So this strike is very uh, impactful if it does indeed yeah, happen, which many, many people are saying it will. Um, so for anyone thinking like, well, they can bring in new writers or other writers and stuff. And I saw people talking about that, about the Mandalorian, that John Favreau should bring in new writers. It's just like, we you got to do your research and talk and think about this stuff and what the reality is of these unions and everything that comes into play, especially for a show that if you're the showrunner of a show and you've written all three seasons, you're not going to all of a sudden turn over your show to someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, but but this example of these shows, like let's just find someone else who can write who has written before, but they're not part of their guild. He, he, this guy Michael Jam said, "There's just they're not going to do that." So don't even think about it. So his videos are funny when he goes through his checks. He's like 10 cents. I don't know what this is for. $12 for King of the Hill. Yeah. 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 But my, I guess my point is that it's a very serious situation and it could very well impact stuff. But because of what we just laid out um, and James, I want to get your thoughts on this too. Uh, it seems the existing projects that Star Wars has, I think Star Wars is in pretty solid shape when it comes to, this strike affecting them mm -hmm. now does it has it stopped them from announcing other disney plus shows that's possible in addition to the loss of subscribers for disney plus but i think in terms of the three movies they announced those are strong because of the, with the situation they're in and who's doing them and the existing shows including the future of the mandalorian are in solid shape so even if there is a strike i don't think star wars fans will experience that or understand that there was an issue I think you I could be wrong stated, you stated my angle on it earlier which was I'm very curious as we listen to Kathleen Kennedy say oh we did the Star Wars TV thing for a little while and we gave the movies the time to breathe and now we're headed back into that 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 is potentially code for we're gonna slow down on the TV side of star Wars. We're going to get back into the movies for a while and slow down on, uh, your acolytes and your mandos and, and your andors and things like that. Um, and I, I thought that when I, you know, when we're connecting this story of the writer strike with star Wars, does star Wars need to worry? That was what came to mind as I go. I wonder if 
they're getting ahead of this strike so that they don't have to worry about that. Because for a long time, one of the things that I've said about Star Wars TV, Disney Plus, is that I don't feel like it gets revisited very much. We watch the episodes, we live in the moment, but it does not have longevity like the movies do. And I think that if they they can't promise that to writers like, oh, write episodes of Andor because it's Star Wars and it'll be around forever and people will rewatch it over and over and over again. But they already have the numbers to say people aren't going back and rewatching Andor season one multiple, multiple, multiple times. And the way the system is right now, they're not paying on that anyway. So I think. I think there's a pretty good chance that we're onto something with the fact that they're saying hit these, hit these movie dates by 2025, because that's where we're going. Um, Let some of this pass off. Let some of the other streaming services figure out how they want to dish out royalties because there's no Netflix is not escaping that at least with Disney. A lot of their stuff is, I mean, in-house, um, but I'm saying Netflix also is like bringing in other subsequent material that doesn't belong to Netflix, uh, whereas most of Disney stuff is is owned under the umbrella of at least National Geographic or Star Wars or whatever, Pixar. Um, so they can, they can sort of avoid that for a little while. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's all interesting, but I think you guys are right that as far as like Fans, if you're not looking for it and you're not looking for the way that the business is navigating the situation, then you're probably not going to notice because you're probably going, oh, we got Mando and then we got a movie, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that'll just be it. I just think um, I put it in the notes because I think it's something that's going to get more news. And, you know, May 4th is going to roll around. People are going to be excited and you're going to hear about this strike and then there's clearly going to be people who don't like star wars who are going to try to make it a doom and gloom thing i just think i thought it was i'm not saying we're the the voice or anything but i think it was important for us to talk about it and um, maybe shed some hope or positivity that star wars at least in our opinion shouldn't be that affected by this now we could be wrong maybe there are some things behind the scenes that are way worse than we understand it but um I, I think Star Wars fans should feel pretty confident that we're going to be in decent shape. Well, there was one other quick thing that I wanted to talk about, and it really does affect it kind of is is connected to the story that we're talking about right now. And that's that at Star Wars Celebration, there was a second season of Tales of the Jedi announced. There was a third and final season of The Bad Batch that was announced. And you're looking at six episodes, you know, in that case, you know, written uh, or, you know, involved with Dave Filoni. So we sort of talked about him. But with the Bad Batch, you know, you have a a, a slew of writers that are working through that show That's that are not the common name um, and people who are writing that. And you've got 16 episodes uh, coming up. And I don't know how often people are going to go back and revisit those episodes, but they did in uh in the wave of knowing that this is coming and and everything that we just talked about with oh let's get movies back on track they announced a, another season of an animated show that's coming that's <clears throat> going to hit right around that time i mean they're probably writing those episodes now you know um if they're not already they're written like, because we know how long they might, takes. yeah that's true they may already be written they may be like on the verge of that process but 
Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on more Tales of the Jedi, final, final season of Bad Batch, but I thought it was a good way to bring that story in, um, considering we just talked about the thing. Uh, any thoughts, uh, John, on um, I, those? I really enjoyed Tales of the Jedi, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to revisit that. Um, I enjoyed the animation, music, and story. And Bad Batch, yeah, let's close this thing out because you can't end it after that second season, of course. So uh, I, I'm i vested enough where I definitely want to see how... You know how I feel about clones. I'm kind of cloned out a bit, but I definitely got to see how um, they close that out. Yep. Lacey, thoughts on uh, either one of those two shows being announced and how they maybe connect with the writer's stuff? I don't know. I I'm happy for fans that are big fans of those shows because I know there's like a diehard audience for the Bad Batch. So I'm really excited for them to get another season. I haven't really gotten into it. Tales of the Jedi was great. I can't wait to see what Jedi they explore in the next season. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always great. It's always so great to see Star Wars expanding into animation and, and getting to tell stories that, you know, get into more of the nitty gritty of certain characters that you might not get in live action. So anytime they're expanding that, it's just like, awesome. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of expanding things, let's go ahead and wrap up the resistance report and expand into our next section. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. All right. It's been a while. But this is the Patreon pod race where we let our generals and spice runners take part in the show. We ask them a question. They give us their answer. We discuss a little bit. But before we get into that, there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. We're getting close to uh, 2,000 subscribers. We really appreciate it. As you guys know, we restarted the channel. So we're climbing our way back up to where we were. Um, and that's thanks to all of your support. You can also follow us on social media at TRB Podcasts on all different channels from Twitter to Instagram to TikTok. Um, as well as on audio platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do have the time, please leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It lets new people find us and also just lets us know how we're doing. We really appreciate it. Um, but if you want more than that, you want to be a part of the community, a part of the resistance and support what we're doing here and just, you know, be like, yeah, I like what you're doing. I want to see more. Then head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you get to take part on the page. You get to contribute to the show. And as you go up in the ranks, you get more cool perks like Discord server, mailings, uh, different live stream events, and much, much more. Like our AMA last week that we did for everybody uh, the next day, we did it live for our patrons. Um, but anyway, like I said, generals and spice runners for this part of the Patreon pod race. So I'm going to thank those people first. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, uh, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, Diana, Ivar, Micah Harrison, Chris White, Colin Corimer, Hass Aslam, Ryan Wara, and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, who is <laughs> general. Thank you so much. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Tongue tied up there. But this week we have General Hass, which is really exciting. We just hung out with you at Celebration. We're excited to see you yeah. on the show. And his question was, would you like to see Lucasfilm develop a brand new IP franchise or keep its focus solely on its legacy brands? Hass, take it away. Hello there. 
I've been looking forward to this. Did the head nod too, that would do a style. Um, firstly, I want to say thank you so much for those of you who came to celebration. I was completely honoured uh, to have met you all, uh, especially John, James and Lacey, who are even nicer in real life than I ever imagined they would be. I'm so sorry that you went home uh, not feeling particularly well, and I'm glad you're doing a lot better now. Um, as for the question, it may sound a little selfish of me uh, to say this, uh, but I think Lucasfilm are better solely focusing on the legacy uh, projects that they are currently um, known for and synonymous with, i.e. Indiana Jones and, of course, Star Wars, which brought us all together in the first place. No doubt that they would grace any product a production that's new um, and upcoming if they had any great ideas, but I still think that um, they should just stick with the Star Wars and the Indiana Jones for now. Thank you all. General Has Aslam out. Awesome job. Thank you so much for the kind words. It was so great to see you as well. Um, it means a lot to us. So, John, what did you think? Uh, I Yes, th thank you for those very kind words. Appreciate that. Um, I think I agree with you, Hass. I think it's clear that they're starting a new era with Star Wars. Indy sort of closing itself out. I don't know what happens to Indy after this. Um, we know sort of what's going on with Willow. Um, so seeing some stumbles from existing IP makes me think um, maybe don't. And I think we uh, probably talked about this a little while ago on the pod. Is maybe don't try new things until you make sure you get the things that are foundationally sound right. Um, mm -hmm. So I say keep going with the galaxy far, far away. And if you end up doing an indie spinoff and that sort of stuff, cool. But in terms of like a brand new thing, I I would think maybe if you start over with a new regime, then you explore that. But as far as like Kathleen Kennedy and like continuing on these decade plus that she's been doing, stick to Star Wars for now and make sure we get that going right. And uh, that'd be enough for me anyway. Great job. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. James? Um, yeah, exactly that. Thank you for the, the kind words. Um, <laughs> nicer in real life than I ever imagined. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but I, I, I think John is right. I think you're right. Uh, has exactly that. Uh, I don't know that Lucasfilm has the autonomy right now to even be messing around, uh, with other properties, considering it seems like we got that report or we had heard that, Bob Iger himself is like, don't even mess around with the properties that you have. Stop messing around with Indiana Jones. Stop messing around with Willow. You've got to get Star Wars back on the path. Now, if, if I would love to see them do something, I think that sounds great, but get Star Wars going, get people excited, um, then handle those other properties. Then you can expand into your Indiana Jones and, and do more Willow. Uh, but then once you've got that stuff down, then you can get your fans excited about something new that they've never seen before. I think you're dead on Hass, and uh, I I really appreciate you doing the pod race. Thank you. Yeah, you were so great. I again really appreciate what you said. It means a lot to us. Um, I agree with you 100 that they just need to focus on what they're doing right now and <laughs> get 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 us going in a good direction, and then. Um, yeah, see what else you can expand after that, I guess. Uh, there's just so much going on within Star Wars and so much pressure to get back into the movie theater that I'd, I'd really like them to just stick with that. Um, so now...
Thank you so much. We're going to head into the next segment. So I'm going to send it over to John. Oh, I, I get, to, I get to do this. All right. Hey, cheer it, baby. Will the force. I fear nothing for all this as the force wills it. Yes. Yes. Uh, love cheer it. Miss him greatly. <laughs> I didn't see, I don't think I saw any cheer cosplays at celebration this year. I didn't see any. Yeah. I saw an awesome I, one in Anaheim, but honestly, I didn't see any Rogue One, really. Like maybe a Bay Cassian, Jin, but yeah. But Cassian sort of falls into something yeah. different now. I saw right. Andor stuff. So let's do Will of the Force. Um, probably some pretty quick answers on these, but uh, it's nice to revisit this segment. So let's get things going now with this first one. All right. So listen, we know Star Wars crawls are coming back. That's another thing Kathleen Kennedy confirmed at Celebration, I think in a, maybe a different interview. But what we don't know, and James, you sort of touched on this before, is whether episodic numbering will resume for certain movies. So with that in mind, will the new Ray movie be referred to as Episode 10? James, since you brought it up before, you started off, yeah. My gut says no. I think that they want to move away from all of the pressure of episodes, tens, trilogies, all that. And I think they just want to move forward with a single story. And if it hits, then they go, we're so glad we got the opportunity to do that story. It was great. We're going to explore other things. Um, and I think that that takes the pressures off having certain people come back as well. They don't need to have a John Boyega and they don't need to have an Oscar Isaac or an Adam driver or whatever they want to do. Like they just can keep the story on one person and uh, let that story just exist in its own little bubble. It doesn't have to be this massive, big high stakes story. And what else are you going to do too? like, Oh, the whole galaxy is under attack again, 15 years later. I say no episode 10. Interesting. All right. Uh, Lacey, how about you? I partially agree. Um, I don't think they will not refer to it as episode 10. I agree. I think the episode thing was in line with the Skywalker saga. And I think that ended with that. That being said, I fully think that they're going to bring back John Boyega and, and all those people. I think that when they talked about the movie, in the panel, they said something, which, again, we talk about this all the time. I wish I could go back and watch it. Um, they had sense, said something about like how the Jedi Master was going to explore the new evil coming into the inner universe or take on the new evil or whatever it is. Um, I believe that was the wording is like the new bad person. I forgot that they said that. That makes me excited. Before they even, yeah, they brought out Daisy. They had said that they said that this Jedi Master is going to explore you know, the force and starting in their academy while also dealing with the bad. I think by that point, my eyes were like, so focused on stage left. <laughs> or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. All right. But, so that's why I think I partially agree. I think, yeah, they're not going to connect it to the Skywalker saga, but at the same time, her last name is Skywalker. So you're not really getting around that either. So I, you guys are probably right but I'm just going to go for it here and say it is going to be episode 10. Mm. Uh, and it's just all about just Bob Iger saying like, I want us to lean heavily into what is familiar. Frozen and, five. 
Yeah, I it wouldn't shock me if there is quietly a trilogy being fully fleshed out for this, but they're just saying it's one movie to keep pressure off the director. I'm gonna say it's when we get that crawl, I mean, we'll find out. Maybe that's the next pie bet. But... I remember in 2019 sitting in a cab going to the convention center for Star Wars Celebration, and we were talking about how there was gonna be an episode 10 and Daisy was gonna come back. <laughs> Well, we yeah, were fully talking about it. And we had been told by like certain people that they had heard rumblings that it was going to continue on. Oh, it was that or that they wanted to someone JJ wanted to split it into two and make it nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Originally. So, yeah. So it, I, I'm just going to say it just to be contrarian. You guys are probably right. I agree with you completely, but I'm just throwing mm-hmm. it out there. Um, all right. Next one here. Will the Darksaber, we touched on this a little bit on the Mando Fan Show last week with the Ordinary Adventures. By the way, Peter and Kitra were awesome. So They're so nice. I felt so bad. They were like, we were up all night. And I was like, oh. And the dogs in the back, they felt bad, but they know us. I don't care. Bring bring the dogs in. (laughs) Anyway, uh, will the Darksaber be rebuilt slash resurrected like Anakin's lightsaber was after The Last Jedi? Uh, I'm going to start with Lacey on this one. No, I think the Darksaber is donezo, so it will not be rebuilt or resurrected. I think the Darksaber was destroyed to end all the BS with the Mandalorians and try to like deal with that kind of, I'm trying to think of the word, just like the pressure that surrounds it. I think by removing that, they were able to just be together and weren't focused on this one weapon. Mm-hmm. I also like to think that Dave Filoni had a play in that and said, yeah, just, just get rid of it. Um, mm. so that's why I think it's okay. <laughs> James. Um, yeah, I think it's probably done. Um, and you know, it, it reminds me, we talked, I think a little bit about that, like Luke, you know, I mean, you even said it in the question there, Anakin's lightsaber. I think, I still think that was kind of a missed opportunity, man. That thing should have, been fought between the two of them ray and kylo it exploded and then you had episode nine with a new lightsaber and it's her yellow one and all that that probably just should have been the case the fact that they just like that's fair picked up the pieces and like put a band-aid around it i'm like this isn't helping the point of the last movie was that it was but finally destroyed don't you know? forget that at the end of the last I, jedi she's sitting there holding it saying we have everything we need yeah so it's probably and, like uh, yeah. They should have done yeah. the whole and, lot. Rise of Skywalker with her yellow lightsaber. I stand by that statement. Yeah, that's yeah, what James is saying. Yeah, yeah. I think, and the, the I, to me, the only downside of that is the whole like she ends and she's got you know the two lightsabers and stuff. But it's right, like, and it's I Luke and Leia. To be, yeah. I don't need that to be there. You know, like I thought <laughs> you had a better story with the with the lightsaber breaking. But I'm not here to criticize that. I'm trying to say that the dark saber I think is probably just done at this point they that was what they were showing us although it was a little anticlimactic it's broke and it's probably just gone so i don't know we'll, we'll see i think the dark saber is also gone uh for reasons i said on the mando fan show right that... after hasbro made an elite one <sighs> Look. Hasbro's, poor patrick who heads up the star wars team they keep being like, hey, man, why don't you make one of these? He's like, yeah, sure. And they're like, OK, we're going to kill that now. That's destroyed. Razor Crest gone. How about you make a dark saber? OK, cool. Get rid of that, too. They're literally making the molds for the IG-12 now. And they're like. 
Yeah. And those molds take like six months to make. Yeah. Um, all right. So, but those things will still sell like hotcakes, especially if they have electronic ones where you can hit no and yes. But yes. It guarantee it happens. Um, Hasbro, give me a call. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think it will also remain destroyed. Um, like I said, the Mando fan show, it just fits the theme of that season of washing away the dogma of uh, the ancient history of Mandalore in order for them to unite. So, I. Do you think that the crystal will somehow live on either in a medallion or something? We'll see that crystal again from the Darksaber. Um, all right, last one here. We talked about it, and here it is. Make your call. Will John Boyega be a surprise reveal in the trailer for the Ray movie at Star Wars Celebration? And if so, will he then appear on stage in person at the event? I will start with James. Um, I, you know what? You know, I'm saying a lot that he's not going to be in it. Um, I'm saying they have that opportunity, but I think you guys are probably right that he will be in it. Um, so I'm going to say yes with the one caveat that we will probably know about this because of a <laughs> report. <laughs> That will be like John Boyega is in fact doing the movie. He's on board and all this and but nothing officially announced until that trailer drops. And then probably after the trailer, he would walk out or something. John Boyega spotted in Tunisia. Exactly. For no reason. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Lacey, what do you think? Uh, I think John Boyega will not be a surprise reveal. I think we're going to know way in advance. It's two years from now. I think okay. it's going to like they barely scraped by with baby Yoda. Like they all said that they were like, we don't know how this didn't leak. Um, and even then, I think something did leak about it earlier than that. Like some rumblings had happened on Reddit of like, oh, something with ears or something like, I don't know. Um, I remember hearing three uh three babies of the yoda species or something like that which yeah. didn't end up being the case but they did have three puppets or something i don't know yeah, yeah. but i mean like the rides of skywalker script leaked august before the movie came out so i highly doubt they're going to be able to keep john boyega a secret well and wasn't that his fault so maybe he'll blow this secret too why was he? Why wait? No, Rise of Skywalker. That wasn't his script. That just he, leaked. He left his script in his hotel. TFA. Remember? TFA. Oh, what that was Rise not Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker just leaked. Um, but yeah, so I I think he will appear on stage in person, but I don't think it's going to be a surprise. I think he we're going to know. Yeah, you guys, you guys are. Do probably you think right. they'll? Do you think they'll actually announce it? Because I think we're saying the same thing, Lacey. Do you think that it's? it's going to be intended as a surprise, but I think they're going to officially secret? announce he's back. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I think that's part I of the marketing. I, they're I, reuniting. I think the, they're back. The, the theatrical fan in me wants it to be this way, but I think you guys mm. are right. Mm -hmm. They probably can't do it. Um, so kind of a bummer there, but it'll be cool to see him get a nice ovation anyway at celebration in Japan. Um, all right, cool. That wraps it up. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Obviously, some more of the, you know, 
behind the camera politics of making movies discussion, but we hope uh, you enjoyed our takes on that. Hopefully it was informative. And uh, if uh, any feedback, let us know in the comments and of course hit us up anywhere at any time. Um, but we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, so we will be back on Wednesday for a final Mando fan show, sort of recapping all of season three of the Mandalorian. And then the following week, We'll be back uh, for the live shows on Thursday nights, and then we'll always still have the Monday show for our discussion shows because we'll be talking the news on Thursday nights again. So it'll be, I'll miss the Mando fan show, but it'll be nice to get back into that routine until August when Ahsoka hits. But you all can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and my movie podcast, just like the movies. We're doing Braveheart next. Uh, so it's going to be uh, a heavy dose of seriousness but as much as we can but uh lacy how about you uh people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin on tiktok at it's lacy gillerin and then in you know right around the corner is may 4th so we have some stuff that we're working on including the visions videos and whatnot yep and and jedi adventures is coming out too yes uh james um you can find me on twitter and instagram both at myra trunks Yes. And don't forget, set your calendars Tuesday, May 23rd. Make Solo 2 happen day. We're going to have a great time. We're already less than a month out. So we hope you uh, get geared up and ready for that. It's going to be a good time. But that's it for us for now. So we hope everyone has a wonderful week. And we'll see you Wednesday night or the next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.